first start, you're just, you have to be okay being a beginner and be okay not knowing, be okay sucking <laughs> and just be okay with that and just accept it and embrace it knowing that the experience will come. Like for me, interviewing, like a thing I didn't know anything about. I remember my first day on the job, I walk into the office with Tess and Tess goes, oh, by the way, you're interviewing someone today. And I'm like, what? I never interviewed anyone in my life. I have no idea what questions to ask. And it was you talking. talking I know. I think I talked the whole time. And then you know, he'd be like, yeah, I think this person is good. And then I'd meet with him and I'd be like, what? What are you thinking? Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, onto our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is a broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to bring you a replay. Yes, we were recently on the Yegi Project. Our friend Yegi is really a sweetheart, and she asked us to come on and talk and did not expect what we talked about to come out. We really kind of go into the ugly underbelly of being an entrepreneur and just a lot of the failures and mistakes that we've made over our years as salon owners. We share it all. We talk about really some, really talk about the IRS mistake that we made about 10 years ago now that really cost us a ton of money, over well over $100,000. Hiring mistakes we made, how we closed the salon, and the reason why we go into the salon closing a little bit. And then out of that, how we birthed LashCon and our podcast and all the stuff behind it and really dealing with imposter syndrome because here we are screwing up our salon and hiring bad people as far as advisors and getting bad advice and not really moving forward in the right way. Well, you're going to hear all that and you're going to hear the, the ugly. I'm not, not a lot of beauty in here. It's mostly just ugly. Wow. Oh my gosh. Really? Oh, you guys did that? And we, just, we share this because we want to let you know that, you know, obviously you're going to be a salon owner. You got to go in with your eyes open and be aware of the pitfalls that are ahead of you. And you're going to hear a bunch of them. And hopefully if you're thinking about being a salon, you won't do any of the ones we do. We're really creative. We're good at finding mistakes and really blowing things up. And so it's a pretty, it is a really raw and honest episode. And we did it on Yegi and it was so good with her and her podcast. We thought, you know what? Our audience has heard a lot of this, but I don't think in the way that we present today. So today you're going to get to listen and please go listen to the Yankee project. She interviews entrepreneurs and is really a wonderful person and really listened and helped us to share our story. And I would love you to go at least check out our podcast because you know what? There are a lot of great podcasts out there. A lot of good people trying to help give back things that didn't happen 10 years ago in our industry and now are happening. And I know you'll get a lot if you go ahead and listen and I'll put the link in the show notes. You can go check her podcast out. All right, but before we do all that, let's first do some announcements. Thank you for announcements. 
right, what do we have going on? Everything's out. We almost, well, almost everything. We're launching a bunch of stuff. But first, I want to talk about LashCon tickets. I know a lot of you have been reaching out, get DMs every day towards the end of March. That's still the plan. So just be holding on. We will have tickets out eventually. And when we do, we will let you know. Next, we'll be speaking. Um, well, we're, we, we are speaking, but there's a whole bunch of us speaking. We're going to basically do a, almost like a mini LashCon at the premiere show here in Anaheim, April 2nd, 3rd. April 2nd, 3rd, right here in Anaheim in California. It's actually going to be a place where we're going to be right across the street with LashCon in October. But for now, we're going to do a mini conference where it's all about technique. This isn't about business. It's not all that stuff. And there's no parties. Well, there'll be parties, I think, with the trade show. Um, Premier does their own parties and all that. But we love to see you there. We have a room, I think, with at least 100 seats. And we have people like Ali Lilly is going to be speaking from Lash Anarchist. Kim James is going to be speaking from Borboletta. Tusney, my beautiful wife, is going to be speaking. Ruthie Bell is flying over from over in Europe to speak to, as well as Tress Larson from uh, Lashbox LA. So it's an amazing lineup, all about technique. It's a Sunday and Monday. You can fly on Saturday. There's a huge trade show, too, by the way. Take some of the classes with us. And here's the deal, guys. All these classes that we're going to be giving are included with the ticket when you go to see Premiere. You don't have to buy anything extra. So you'll go, to, and I'll have the link in the bio here. You buy your ticket to Premiere, and you automatically can go to any of our classes as long as you get seats. I have a feeling with 100, 120 seats, you know, I love to see them packed out. I think there'll be some seats. But prove me wrong, please. I mean, this is a great lineup. You can come in all day Sunday, all day Monday, learn lash retention, learn strip lash lashes, learn about um, with Tusney. Also, Ruthie and Tusney are going to be teaching different takes on retention. Kim's going to be teaching about um, lash lifting, and Tress is going to be teaching about volume. So you got all these amazing instructors, some of the best and biggest names in our industry, and you all get that for the price of admission to the premier trade show really really cheap so this there's no hands-on training it's all gonna be demos and you know like lecture style but still well worth it so go to link in the bio sign up today I promise you you will not um you will not be sorry also we have Tessie's last retention her four-week retention course is up and ready to go march 18 19 will be in vegas so if you want to come to vegas and have fun go get those tickets um, go buy it now before it's sold out. May 6th and 7th will be in Newburgh, New York. And then June 17th um, through the 18th will be in Austin, Texas. Now, Texas, Texas, Texas. That's going to be with Shelby at Lash um, or at Peak Lady Lash, the Lash Post Radio host. We also are going to be speaking at Lash Fest in London on March 25th, 26th. The Last Boss Summit on April 22nd, 23rd. And we also have a new class, a new one-day class that we're working on. And then we're going to be teaching that on April 24th, one day after at Shelby's Place. So we will have details on that soon. And then we will also, our last speaking engagement, I believe, until LashCon, is going to be at Premiere. We're going to be in Orlando June 3rd through the 5th with another version of LashCon. We, with uh, technique, we'll call it last con technique, where we're going to be teaching more technique. And that day we're on three classes, and we have some other speakers going to be setting up for that. So you don't want to miss Orlando. That's going to be awesome. And oh yeah, and then we have our IBS party with Lash Posh, um Radio Shelby on June 25th at IBS. All right, that's all the stuff. I think that's everything. And otherwise, guys, uh, hopefully go to the show notes and start signing up. These things, a lot of these things will sell out. Some of these things will be packed, and we don't want you to miss out. The more you wait. 
the longer it's going to take, uh, or you know, you're going to miss stuff. You're going to miss out, and I don't want you to miss out. We'd like to see you. We'd love engaging and hanging out with you guys. It's always a blessing. Okay, well, now let's get to the interview where Tuss and I sit down with Iggy and talk about really kind of the bumps and bruises one will get being a entrepreneur. Welcome back to the Yegi Project. I am so excited and honored to have amazing guests who've been through it all in the lash industry. So from salon to coaching to lash con, we have Tess and Paul. Hey, hey guys. Hey guys. Excited so to be here. To be here. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here again. Taking the time to actually physically drive and come here means a lot to me. And I know our listeners are going to get a ton of good advice and information and education and inspiration from you guys oh. so thank you again <laughs> yeah no you're like 15 minutes from us so it's okay, actually really yeah. cool <laughs> perfect right this is la's the area to be yeah nothing oh. in la by the way is 15 minutes usually it's like oh i have to go i'll be an hour and for you it's like oh wow she's like right next door almost yeah, it's very cool we do like 11 or like three because yeah the magic oh, hour before that yeah before hour. hell breaks loose yeah <laughs> yes so before we get started can you guys tell our listeners a little bit about you those of you that don't have already know of you. <laughs> That's probably almost everyone. No, <laughs> it's always kind of fun because we get to come here and we get to meet a whole new tribe of people because yes. our industry is huge. Like there's yes. always amazed when we go to trade shows and conferences and we meet people like, who are you? Like no one knows us still, it feels like. So it's kind of cool. So yeah, well, you want to tell a bit about yes. I'm a lash artist, first and foremost. I've been doing lashes since 2006. That's when I opened my business. Wow. It's been 14, 15. Yeah, where I losing track because it used no, to be no, no. 16 16 years 16 now years? i mean okay. you, you first found out about in 2005 is yeah, when you really learned about lashes that's like but, those are the dark ages <laughs> well, like, right? yeah, yeah 2006 was the dark ages too but it's so funny is that you look at pictures of when you first started yeah, yeah. And you think you're like oh my gosh these lashes are fantastic <laughs> and then you look now and you're just like oh my oh. gosh it was terrible right because back then it was like if you put 40 lashes on it was oh, like no. amazing like, yeah. like, like i put like 10 lashes on like this is a full set you know <laughs> I'm the best. Yes. Know, that was so great. You know, nah, they're all stuck together. Like, <laughs> hey, no one work. knew. No, no one knew. No one knew. The best we can do because we were also limited in like tools and supplies. Yeah, it <laughs> totally. Yeah, there was nothing back there in those days. Yeah. So we have a salon for, for 14 years. Yeah, um, we first hired was 2009. In the middle of the Great Recession, we had so hired. How did you get into this business with her? Oh, in were 2011, you? we had an employee basically take a bunch of money. Oh. <laughs> Uh, who was helping manage the place and that well here's the thing like i didn't know how to like hire i didn't know how to vet i thought that if i got along with him as a client yeah oh, oh my gosh they, they'd be perfect so this person i didn't really know at all but i got along with her because she was a client and so i signed over all my banking it's information. scary just everything to, like, it just didn't even dawn on me that somebody would be dishonest yeah you know yeah. that's the sad thing if you're a good honest person you always see the best in people and sometimes yeah. we don't put those checks and balances in place and Completely, yeah. yeah. And that's what happened. And so we realized, oh, there's a lot of money missing and I can't trust. Oh, no. I just don't know. So and like a lot of small businesses I know, and I talked to a lot of our business owners and go, oh yeah, as soon as they, they, they'll, something like that happens, they go, okay, time to bring the family in. Like, yeah. We got to 
get people Somebody who are blood yeah. who you have to live with the rest of your life so they better not steal. I mean, they still can steal, but they're <laughs> less likely. The yeah, 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 yeah. So we also realized we had no systems, no tracking. So she came to me and I was in this incredible, successful career in Hollywood making millions That's of dollars. Sarcasm. Yeah. And so I, what were you doing? Yeah, I was basically self-employed for about six, seven years doing video, mostly corporate video, videos for ministries, for NGOs, for nonprofits. And uh, that was- She changed your world. Yeah, yeah. She came along and says, you know what? You really should work with me (laughs) because I'm on the winning team. You're on the losing team. No, she didn't say it like that. But I realized there was more money in what she was doing. Yeah. That's what I did to my husband, actually. I stole him from his firm. Exactly. She did. She stole me and I said, you know what? And also us, we had actually had some marriage issues before this. Oh, yeah, and major, major yeah. I mean, we were, it was not going to work out, but this is actually one of the things that <laughs> actually brought us together. together. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because for her, she has sacrificed for me in my early years because I want to be a writer, which just says a lot about how long suffering you are. Oh, um, I want to be a writer and be, <laughs> that's, that's why we moved to LA to be a screenwriter, all this stuff. And, and, and we're struggling. And, and we're we struggling. struggling and really it bad. became a pattern for like 15 years. And I was just like, done. I am done with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out. I'm going to do this all myself. I'm going to make a living for my family. I'm going to yeah. provide for my kids. And I realized, I mean, I had the ambition, I had the determination, but in terms of execution, of no. I ran into Sometimes some Sometimes it's harder it's than hard. we think. And so I said, please help me. Please help me. Yeah. And so I, in 2011, I quit my, what I was doing. I basically walked away from the film industry and I went and joined her. I took over all the business side because she hated that stuff. Yeah. You know, when you're an artsy person, the business side is just not fun and it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. It's very rare where you can love both. Yeah. And funny <laughs> but, thing, I didn't even know anything about business either. I was oh, like, yeah, I'll I do business. I was artist myself at the time. I'm like, I want to be a writer. I want to be a filmmaker. I want to do all these things. So when I came and joined her, I had to learn about business. And that's where, you know, there was a lot of learning. But I always like to say, we probably screwed up everything more than any other person with business. But that's the best way to learn. Yeah, Honestly, it's I painful. had a business background. So, well, not a background, education. I never okay. worked. I never had experience running a business when yeah. I opened my salon. I was like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. But I did at least have my master's degree in business. So oh, wow. Like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So different. I had no idea what I was doing still. Yeah. I thought I could open the salon. I'm going to hire people. It's going to run itself. I'm just gonna sit back collect the money no no no. no, no. it's kind of like learning to read uh, learning to swim from reading a book like oh i think i got it i got it but when you actually get into the water and you're like Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is I'm so drowning. Yeah. <laughs> I personally enjoyed the mistakes and kind of the up and down. I saw it as a project to kind yeah. of grow as a person and as an entrepreneur. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but it was, it, I it, would secretly like yeah. cry and then get excited that I'm figuring it's something It's both. <laughs> it is both because there are moments where you just want to die because you yeah. just feel so hopeless. Like, I don't know what to do. But once you begin to figure it out, there is also great joy. Like, oh, I cracked the code. I solved yes. it. I figured out how to make this work and so yeah and it I kind think, of builds your confidence a little bit yeah. like okay i went over through this small hurdle now i can do absolutely maybe the next thing that's a challenge and yeah. i guess it's like anything when you first start you're just you have to be okay being a beginner and be okay not knowing be okay sucking <laughs> and just be okay with that and just accept it and embrace it knowing that the experience will come like for me interviewing like a thing i didn't know anything about i remember my first day in the job i walk into the office for, with tess and tess goes oh by the way you're interviewing so 
someone today. And I'm like, what? I never interviewed anyone in my life. I have no idea what questions to ask. And so I sat down with her. I'm just like, hey. No, no. no. And, and it was you talking. talking I know. I think I talked time. the whole time. And then you'd be like, yeah, I think this person is good. And then I'd meet with them and I'd be like, what? What are you thinking? I said, well, the first person we, was, we did hire her, actually. But that I said. I know, I know. But the bottom line is that you became better. Because yeah. Because you realized the things to look for and also to slow it down to not be talking like to convince no. them to work. I always wanted yes. to convince everyone to join our team yeah. I was like the coach the, the cheerleader like hey we're amazing look at all these cool things there in I our know. company Honestly, and, and the employees like yeah well because we're so excited about our business right yeah. we love our business we think we've created the best thing in the world so so excited yeah you want to tell and, about yeah. it and like I said if you're honestly a truly a good person and you see the good in people a lot yeah. of people naturally want to see the best so the, I've made I that know. Mistake too. I've got, give me whoever you want. Like yeah. it's okay. Like Why I won't see work? any. Of, yeah. yeah, I won't see any of no. your fault. I'm just gonna coach you, train you. You're gonna be the best. Yeah, everyone will be the best. So that was the thing. My first day in the job, I didn't know how any of you. I did a horrible job, <laughs> and it took me many years. Where now I feel like, oh gosh, if I if you did an impromptu interview, I. Nail it. I would be able to, you know. you know exactly who you're looking for. That'll be a good yeah. fit for your position or what it is. I mean, so. I think a good example, last time we hired nine people, it was temporary, but really nine people, they were all all-stars. Oh, it was amazing. Okay. I like, yeah, I've never hired nine people like in a three week, four week period and went, oh, they're all good. They're all the right people. But I have to tell you, those skills were hard won. I mean, we, yeah. we, we paid dearly yeah. for the mistakes. Yeah, we hired a lot of wrong people over the years. We made a lot of mistakes. And, then, and by the way, the best just, way to learn, though. So, what advice would you guys give somebody who's new and is kind of in that boat? Because I yeah. know a lot of people are also in a small business. We're afraid to trust somebody with our baby, right? Yeah, yeah. And we talked about the trust a little bit. So we have to, like, yeah, we have to. If you want to grow, exactly. If you want to grow, we have to find a way to get the right people in the right positions and give them our absolute trust. Of course, unless like they do something wrong to lose. Yeah. But what advice would you guys give to our listeners in regards to that? As far as um, building or starting a, a, like hiring type yeah, stuff like and all that? Yeah, teams, yeah like building your team. Mm-hmm. For me, the biggest thing is really building a process. I mean, like everything in business, it's always about systems, right? And we built a, a nine-step hiring process that was very thorough, that was meant to really vet people and to frustrate people because <laughs> I didn't want just anyone to join my team. I only wanted really solid players to join my team. The old way of doing it is I would hire someone after just 20 minutes with them. Like, yeah, they're cool. They like, seem yeah, they're seem fine. Let's bring them on board, you know? And then I realized, okay, that's not working because too many of these people. And by the way, I always blame myself. When we hired wrong in the old days, I would blame the employee. Ah, they're a bad employee. No, no, no. It's my job to find the right person and put them in the right position to let them succeed. It's not their job. And I think a lot of times when you're younger and you're just hiring, you tend to, we like to blame the employee and go, ah, they were lazy. They didn't care. They They weren't motivated. What's wrong with people these days? You know, if I'm not there, it doesn't run right. Well, that's. That's on you. Because you built the ship. Exactly. And And you have to have the right systems in place and train them 
But then give them the freedom to run with it. Yeah, yeah. and that's the big thing is training them because a lot of people in the last industry, I know, don't train their staff. They hired them and they hope a trainer trained them, <laughs> but they themselves aren't going to do a lot, take a lot of time to train them. This was what I did at first. Like, I wanted somebody that was like a clone of me. So I didn't want to have to, I, yeah. you know, I just said that so much. In yeah. The right? Yeah. We all I didn't dream want of that. to have to tell them how to interact with people. I wanted them to have the personality to do it. And I, oh, I got along with you. You're great. You're fantastic with people. Go. <laughs> go and do that because I've got my clients right here. Yeah. And what I didn't realize is that I wasn't hiring people so that they could just take over and do the services. I mean, those people still need training too, mm -hmm. because if I didn't pour into them, what do they have? Why do they have any interest in staying with me? Exactly. So yeah. it wasn't like I was building other people's business. They were building it within mine. People mm -hmm. don't care until they know how much you care. Right? right. So if you don't care for them, they're not going to care back. They're not going to care about the business. They're just going to do their own thing. And one or two years leave and go build their own business because you didn't invest in them. And that's a really a key part of staff retention is investing in your team and really training them. And I remember every, almost 100% of the people I interviewed, and I interviewed probably hundreds of people over a period of like um, eight years, I think maybe one or two had got training from their from the previous oh, wow. employer. Almost every time I would sit down and go, so tell me about where you work. And they'd be like, I work here. Okay, so what kind of training do you get? And they'd be like, Training? I never got trained. Or the only training they got was like, well, I got two days of training, like in the beginning, like when I first got there, I got two days of training and then they kind of left me on my own. So you had no ongoing train, no ongoing train, no yearly train, no monthly train, no, no nothing, no onboarding, like no getting them ramped up, like to understand how the company does business. And so, the company mindset, and what are our this, values? And this is what we did. We didn't have that in the very beginning. Right. And then we began to realize we developed a whole training program so that we would once a month train our staff and we would always shut down the business oh, to really that. make sure engage and give them sales and training and the salon. salon yeah okay. this would yeah. be we give them sales training product training uh, customer service training team building type we stuff reviews we we were working on them uh, uh their personal goals and what i didn't realize in the beginning is that that care for the employees for the staff is a full-time job yeah it really is. so yeah i was hoping that i was just going to hire people and they would take it off so that i could take care of my clients but no so what i didn't realize is that you have two full-time jobs your clients yourself and then building the business and yeah. then if you're a mother that's another full-time yeah. something's gotta <laughs> give something gives yeah something's gotta give so i encourage new lash artists lots of times they think oh one day i'm gonna have a storefront and one day i'm gonna have all these employees and you know that's a great goal if you've got those skills and you know what it's gonna if take it's right for if you it's yeah. right for you but it might not you might not have those skills yeah so don't dream in the you don't have that doesn't have to be the end goal for you you I, can yes. have something else as your I think most last artists are not built to be salon owners. I think that they maybe could be trainers. More they could be you, like, most. Um, I want to say just most people. We can generalize it to not only for lashes or not even for yeah. beauty. I think most people are not meant or they don't care to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we kind of are promoted or we uh, like we glamorize it, it right yeah, glamorize yeah. The glamorize it. It. Mm -hmm. but um sometimes like even now that i have two little kids sometimes i question to myself so i'm like do i really want to be yeah. doing this you yeah. know because it does take so much and it always takes so it takes the right person we talk yeah. about mm -hmm. it's not for everybody yeah but um and for some people too when they do get what you know 
it is to be that business owner, that's when they realize, oh, this this may not be right for me. You know? Yeah. And I'd much rather just rent my own little studio, mm-hmm. do my own thing, yeah. make almost as much money. I make more. Probably, <laughs> probably Actually, most owners more. I know when they go from being a full-time owner or work solo to where they hire three or four staff, almost everyone I've asked said I make I made less money. We made less? Yeah, I know. You, we made less. We yeah. gave ourselves a huge pay raise when you basically closed the salon. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I mean, it's not un- unusual. Yeah. The grass is not greener. That's no. what I want to tell people. And so, yeah, salon ownership is wonderful. I'm not going to say it's bad, but at the same time, there is a price and it is hard and it's not for everyone. And you want to make sure you're prepared for it and you have the reality yeah. of it. And I would say you have the right tools and right people to coach you and help you through the process. So like you guys said, so you don't make the same mistakes. Like we don't have to recreate the wheel. We can no. learn from other people. That's right. and, yeah. um, but for me, because again, this podcast is a lot about personal and um, business development. So I do encourage people to become entrepreneurs but yeah. do it the the right way the right, right? Way. and then see if a certain thing is not right for you like owning the full salon and having all that yeah. pressure in your on your shoulders maybe you could be an entrepreneur just for yourself and have an assistant for yeah. example right absolutely um, but with that said too like i don't want to discourage people from it either it's a <laughs> no. lot of hard work but if you feel like you might be the right person definitely yeah. take business classes have, yeah try to find a coach mm-hmm. um that's know, that's the key that's find on yourself a coach some you find coach. some people that have been there for, before you for us, our business was hugely unprofitable until we finally brought in a coach company called Strategy. So let's, sorry, I'm yeah. going to cut you off really yeah, quick. Yeah. So kind of take us on a quick timeline of your journey from last yeah. part is bringing him on. Oh yeah, we didn't finish salon. all that. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, the salon yeah. is um, now kind of there. You guys are losing money. It's difficult hiring new people. So 2011, I jump on and we quickly go, I mean, we were, you were a little profitable before that, but we quickly go to being unprofitable. <laughs> And, and part of that was we in 20, I think it's 2012 was the year that we tested like, I, I want to, I don't want to be doing lashes all the time. I want to be helping work on my business, not just of in my course. business. So we take her off the floor. <laughs> We're like, okay, Tessa's is going to work two days a week or something oh, like that. Because, yeah, yeah. of course, we don't understand numbers at this point. We don't realize so much of her salary and so much of her, what it's she's hers. making is paying for the bills of the business because we're paying 50, 60% commission rates, which are unsustainable in, in any industry, but yeah. in our business for so sure. there's so much more cost oh. that people don't see, you know? Yeah. They, they're like, oh, you're charging the clients this much, so I get half. half. I get half. You're yeah. walking away with half Yes, of that. but they don't realize the advertising costs, the employee costs, like the overhead. Yeah, the, extra, yeah, the taxes, everything. you know, all the things. So any of that said, we quickly, when we took off the floor, we quickly went, <laughs> just went to negative. We're like, what? And we're, what, what, what's going on? And we didn't understand this whole concept of hours. Like, you only have so many hours you can sell in your business every month. So we had at that time five staff plus us. And we had like six people working 40 hours a week. So six times 40 is 200, what, 240 hours a week we could sell. And then we had another two for over four weeks. So that's a little like less than a thousand hours. Now, we didn't understand that concept. Of like, okay, you can plan a budget off that. Once you know how many hours you <laughs> averagely sell every month, then you know how much revenue you're going to bring in and then you can budget accordingly. But yeah, we didn't know any of that. Yeah. So we didn't understand. We just took our hours off. So it's like, we went from a thousand hours down to 800 hours, let's say. And then we wonder why, wait, our bills were 
set though for 900 hours so we were yeah. short 100 hours of sal- yeah. of income yeah. so we That's were all where the slow. coaching or the business side training yeah. Help. comes yeah. handy so we did we got in the red and then we got into actually some trouble financially with the IRS because we <laughs> okay, stopped so, yeah so this is something yeah. that yeah, yeah. I want um, your listeners to benefit from so yeah this one is a huge mistake that we did was we had a front a front desk and this is 2013 now i think right. it was yeah and so we were realizing that we're or it's a hard time paying the bills but we didn't want to let her go we liked her she was an important part yeah we felt like she was family so we kept her on and do you want to share what yeah, we basically we kept her on we decided not to pay for just like one payment with that we're going to hold on to our payroll taxes and we'll catch up next month we'll pay double the yeah next we'll month. just pay double next month because we just need to get things like back in order up. catch up we're really behind me- and honestly Honestly, any new business goes through those things. Right. So yeah. it's it's normal. A lot of people don't talk about it or they don't stick through it to yes. kind of like readjust and figure it out. They just feel like, okay, I'm closing. Shop. Well, yeah, this and was people, one of the biggest mistakes of our oh, no, entire easily. lives. Okay. And it haunted us. So basically, payroll taxes, people don't realize, if you're an employer, you collect taxes on the behalf of the government. And you usually, when you have a payroll service, they'll just deduct it automatically yeah. out of your bank account and pay the, the IRS and the, the state that you're in. We, because um, we had more <laughs> power over ours, I am because with our payroll service, I could actually just delay and say, I'm not going to pay this. I'm going to hold on to that money and keep it. And it was like $8,000, let's just say. I don't remember how much it yeah, was. Yeah, it's at least like 7 point something percent Oh yeah, percent. Per employee, 7.5%. Right? And when, yeah, you, when you think about it like that, it's so painful. It's we'll very explain painful. why. But, so I kept that like, money, the 8000 But you know, 8000 now may not seem a lot, but yeah. when you're starting out, you're negative, you're really like hustling, trying to work. That's a lot of money yeah. for yes. some people, you know? So. And, yeah, and so <laughs> instead, and now the thing was if we had let go off, and we had two friends desk initially we were paying them about eight ten thousand dollars if we just let go our front desk we would not run short we would have been fine i would have worked front desk but i felt like my job wasn't i was weird i didn't understand so you yet. didn't understand i didn't look at my budget set. didn't understand pnls didn't understand cash flow plans or any of this stuff uh, so balance funny. Sheets. i'm sure a lot of our listeners listening to this are like wait yeah. all this goes into us a lot yes. yeah yeah no, but we also felt in some ways it would be losing face we didn't want to have him lose the front desk and you're gonna have to go back and, and be front desk and we that, didn't understand so 2012 is all going on. And finally, we realize we can't afford this. We And we, we start paying our taxes again. We get our house in order. But we have to let go of the front desk. And so we let it go of the front desk. But decision. by the time that we let go, we never caught up with the taxes. We owed. How much did we owe to us? Okay, wait a minute. So we ended up owing $70,000. To the IRS. However. And back oh taxes. Oh, my goodness. No. But this is because the worst part. Because it adds up quickly. Oh, no. It adds up quickly. And, and then the fees, we actually ended up paying 140000 Back. Because we paid double in interest. So when I think about the original bill was only 8,000. Yeah. It took us eight years to pay this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the bottom line is never, 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 ever stop payment on your taxes because yeah. it will haunt you and you will never And the process it snowballed it. because we got so far behind we realized we can't catch up. We try to catch interest, up but we couldn't. There is no relief for that. They will keep charging you and then, yeah, charging you and it is shackles. No, Literal yeah. shackles. Yeah. I that. mean, I, I mean, here's the thing. I actually, this is how dumb I am. When we first, you got, were inexperienced. Inexperienced. Oh when gosh. we got, when we, when we negotiated our deal, and this is where I also could have negotiated. One of the things, by the way, the IRS, IRS is willing to negotiate with you. Yeah. You yes, can do it yourself. About to say it. So I have a little background in uh, yeah. accounting. I did not realize how <laughs> helpful actually the IRS can be. Everyone always paint this evil picture. No, oh, IRS is evil. Want- 
Yes, they want the money pay. and yeah, they want you to so succeed. They will there's some jerks and there's Probably. some nice people, but most people I ever worked with the IRS have been actually very nice. By end up paying someone to help us negotiate our IRS oh, no. deal. You know, you hear these ads and on they, the radio. I think we paid $5,000 to this company to do what I could have just called and negotiated myself. So if you're in a desperate situation, those ads that you hear on the radio are like, we can negotiate you down, yeah. pay pennies it's a sca- on the dollar. scam it's, artists. They're scams. It is not true. Most of them. I mean, they're so probably some legitimate ones. the lesson ones. learned is make sure you do your research on something before you jump, even when you feel desperate. I feel like yeah. that's honestly a lot of like the scammy businesses, they target people who are inexperienced. Yeah. Desperate, like bad situations. And you know, it could be your credit, like money you owe, anything like that. When you feel like you have no other choice they literally take advantage of it. oh yeah they do we ended up taking a loan from basically like a loan shark because we need some money to get us between and we took this money where they take money out of your oh we were desperate we actually did one of those deals where they take a loan and then they take a percentage of every uh, of what every charge you make so you if you get 100 bucks they take 10 like of every ten dollars. Like, oh no, my god! No, know, but we were so desperate to find just to be able to pay our bills. I mean, even with the IRS, I when we got this deal worked out, they didn't know she had a deal where we we're paying like two hundred dollars a month, four hundred dollars a month. It was nothing. It was like four hundred bucks a month. They didn't tell me. By the way, that's not enough to cover the principal. So our interest yeah, was, was so like a thousand dollars a month or five two thousand dollars a month, and we were putting four hundred dollars a month. No. That's why we ended up paying one hundred forty back because for the first couple of years we were just getting. Four bucks and for, no for nothing, nothing, just pissing it away. Meanwhile, our, our, our amount we owed Iris like, was Kept going up doubling, crazy, up, and no one explained that. No, None of these no, people, no. I know, yeah, we, we were, were idiots, we so, were so bad. So we have but these- thank you so much for sharing that, honestly, because so many of our listeners can learn from these. It's so common, we're kind of laughing about it yeah. now. It's funny now when you're in no, that situation, a lot of crying. you don't realize it, no. No. you don't even realize it that it's a dumb mistake because we don't know any better, especially in the beauty industry a lot of people don't go into it with so much business background and even in real in life like people make these things happen to so many people and i've i've known a lot of people talk to a lot of people so yeah. it's common so to our listeners make sure you're not making the same mistakes yeah. and thank exactly. you guys for for sharing because it's huge yeah Absolutely. stay on top of your taxes is your <laughs> your number one duty aside from keeping the lights on paying your oh actually paying your staff is first but really paying the irs second paying <laughs> yourself is last by the okay, way and so this this is what happened. This is one of the if there's money left over. If there's money left over, yeah. We were so, so, so busy, but we were barely making a profit. And yeah. we put we paid good salaries. We paid Yeah, anywhere from sixty to hundred thousand health benefits. We had uh, no, we paid half. half. I mean okay. half the benefits. We had yeah. vacation pay, but we took care of the staff. And we were making like McDonald's wages and working so hard. And the hard this part- This is like 2014, 2015, when we changed over to the strategies. We hired them in 2013. They really gives a, a roadmap to success, which works. Uh, but it took a lot of adapting, a lot of growing, changing. We had a walkout basically when we first, yeah. because we weren't good leaders. And that's one of the big intangibles people understand about being a salon owner. You really have to become a strong leader. And we weren't. We were weak leaders. Yeah. Any I, I'm, entrepreneur, you, know, you have yeah, to be. You have to, man, you got to be learning. What does it mean to have people follow you and how to inspire and how to lead and how to care and how to serve your so team? So they actually want to work for you and yeah. help you grow versus them being afraid of you like 
that's the main difference I've learned a long time ago between a manager and a leader. Yeah. You know, yes. you don't want to be just a manager where you're telling people what to do and they just feel like they're forced to yeah. listen to you. And yeah. be yeah. yelled instead, at or something. Yeah. So instead, you're becoming a leader where they're inspired and they want to follow you and help you and work with you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we didn't know. So in 2014, 2013, 2014, when we switched over, we got the systems in place, but we sucked at leadership. <laughs> and so uh, our staff left. We literally had two people left after three or four people all left together to start we their own businesses. good intentions, but not good execution. Yeah, poor execution. So that's not a knock on strategies because I think their coaching program you know was perfect. What? Yeah. You guys have made it. So yeah. this shows a lot. So you're definitely resilient. You yeah. do have what it takes, right? So um, I think <laughs> that this is a great thing for our listeners too, to know that. Suck it up and yeah. keep pushing, keep pushing. Even if you know nothing about what you're doing, if your heart is in it and you're going to work hard, you're going to keep trying like different things eventually you'll be in these seats yeah when the stakes are so high there was no way there was no plan b for us we had to make this work otherwise we had no other way we had no plans of going back to work for other people (laughs) no No, that was never gonna happen couldn't do that and so we ate the humble pie we learned the systems we chopped the wood we carried the water every single day and i was front desk for three and a half years from 2013 all the way to about 2016 but you learned i learned and you forged those skills, which gives us a platform to do the podcast. And I to started, share, yeah, and I read books. I took classes. I also listened to tons of podcasts, which became a love. They yes. listen to podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was like, okay, we're in school now. Like yeah. we're now, yeah. we thought when Starting I joined in 2011, I thought we just run a business. Kind of like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just run itself. It'll be easy. I think back when I first came out, I worked 30 hours a week. I know. And I'd leave at three to four <laughs> in the afternoon. I'd I go know. home and play video games at night. <laughs> and it was like totally casual. And then, of course, the company imploded because I wasn't engaged. I wasn't trying. I wasn't leading. I wasn't learning. And that's when I realized, no, 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 no. My full-time job is to continue to learn, to grow my abilities, become a leader, and to care (laughs) for my team. I am because, honestly, that's when you became a man. Man. At 45. Seriously. I was a big child. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It is true. You carry us now and you work so hard and it's like you became worth following. I love that. But I think, you know, it is interesting that it's never too late to change. And we were stuck in kind of some bad patterns and bad things. And it's easy to want to feel like I failed. So I'm going to give up. And we just adapted. It's like we failed many times. But by the time we got to 2016, 2017, we finally really began to hit our stride. And the business was rolling really well. So stamina. You know, you get some armor. You develop some calluses. We we took a vacation. (laughs) We actually paid ourselves a little bit more than our employees, I think, the first time. Uh, A little bit. McDonald's. Yeah, a, yeah. A McDonald's manager. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, I mean, we were making like, I think, $80,000, $80,000 a year for the first few years when we were there. Like, our employees were making fifty to 80000 100000 even. And we were making combined hours. I know. Like, you know, some 60s. people don't realize no. that, how yeah. much it goes into. They don't realize. And that's what burns me. It's like, they're complaining, like, where does the money go? 50%. And I'm just like, <laughs> girl, I work twice as hard as you. I have all the risks. I make I half of what you debt. make. I have the, all the shackles because, of course, they're my stupid decisions but here you are complaining (laughs) you know where does the money go you know no, I know we had staff say I would, they would ask, or I remember once on the chalkboard, a chalkboard or, or, or grease board, right? Where does all the money go? Someone wrote that, and I remember looking at it going, "I can assure you, it's not my pockets." I yeah, mean, that's, see, 
See, that's a great question, though, because, again, for entrepreneurs or even, like, people in the industry listening to this, yeah. even some business owners sometimes don't know where the money goes. No, they don't. You're, yeah. you, like you said, like, you guys didn't even know you were kind of in the reds. You're in, like, a risky yeah. zone until you were, you were going kind of negative. You're like, oh, we took what a What happened? Off. I don't understand. Yeah, because yeah, we didn't know about budgeting. We didn't understand cash flow. But there's so much expense yeah. that comes with the business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unless you are doing it right, you won't really know. But that's kind of the reason why. I guess it's uh, what I've learned is to communicate with my employees. I think it's still hard because no mm. matter what employees like always resent sometimes um, yeah. owners or managers or like whoever's in tr- on it's kind of a cultural them. thing. I think it's like yeah. bread. Like you're supposed to be distrustful of your boss, your owner for some reason. Really? <laughs> well, it's it's- kind of just the order. Like kids resent their parents for telling them what to do, make them clean their room, that kind of stuff. Feeling yeah. depressed. It's kind of the same thing. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants to be. So that's why. Right. Yeah. We're going to focus on to be leaders instead of managers. Yeah. And that's always the goal. And that's something I'm always having to remind myself too. And I think it's worked for me pretty well. Overall, I've had a pretty good team. And yeah. I think most of the time, most people are pretty under. Like, pretty happy. happy and, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but, it's, yeah, it's very hard. Like that part, I think people don't think about that relationship between like employee and manager or owner. Yeah. It's, 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 I think, a lot harder on owners than it is on employees. Yeah. I mean, I never like using the word boss because I always felt like boss is such a cry. Yeah, it feels crass to me because it's like I'm doing bossy around I was like leader mm-hmm. or ser- I like the term servant leader too something I got from Dave Ramsey from mm-hmm. Entree Leadership where he says you know as a leader you're only as good as it really is as good as you are serving your team Mm-hmm. So when you serve your team, you're always thinking about what do they need? Like I realized as I got further into it, in the beginning, I just thought, oh, I'll just manage the team like you were saying. And then I realized as I got more into it, I was like, no, no, no. My job every day is how can I make my staff's life better? Like how can I provide value for them every day? Whether it's, hey, checking in with them, saying, how are you? Any problems, anything I can do to giving them a career path where they could grow and have have success and both personally and professionally, not just caring about their business side, yeah. but caring about them personally. What dreams do you have? What do you want? Do you want to have a house? Do you want to have a family? Do you want to have, you know, get married? Do you want to go back to school? Whatever it is they want, you, want, you got to be aware of that and be there to help make that a reality because my job is to serve my team. Oh, I didn't I get that, that in the beginning. I totally was like, you're just here to serve me and make my <laughs> dreams a reality. And then so it was I like, can make no, a profit while I'm not there. Yeah. You know? So I can so. go on vacations all the time. And then it, that didn't work so well. Cause <laughs> no one, yeah, no one wants to be like, and I see this, this is one of the things that scares me. Cause I see people online on Instagram and some lash bosses will just say, and they're like traveling the world and they're doing all these things, speaking and they're doing all this crazy stuff. And meanwhile, their staff's at home doing the work to keep the business going. Yeah. And I'm like, you better make sure you you're really care for your team well. and mm-hmm. invest in your team because if they see that for long enough, they're just going to say goodbye. Like, why am I holding down the fort? You're not investing in me. Why should I be yeah. building your business? That's why, what that thing. Yeah. Why should I be building your business to something that got thrown of in our course. face at times? It needs to be give and take and it needs to be beneficial in some way for everyone. Yeah. Like, a lot of times even just a pay isn't enough. No. it's not, In fact, I would say the money is never enough. It's money rarely in most studies I've seen is the yeah. number one reason why employee stays or doesn't stay. Usually it's about culture. It's about it's being appreciation. Around. It's about working for someone that you like like i really like my boss i have one only sadly in my years maybe this is why i was a bad leader initially <laughs> i had mostly bad bosses most of my life but one of my early bosses was amazing marty at red, red lobster, lobster. <laughs> this guy i would have slayed dragons for this guy oh, wow. i loved him and everyone in that place loved him he was amazing what made marty great what made him great is that he got in the trenches with us 
And things got busy. Things got busy. He was not the GM type that just sat there and go, guys, make sure you do this. Make sure he would jump in and he'd be like, Paul, what do you need right now? And I'm like, I have three tables. This table wants this. Go get the coleslaw. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Coleslaw, big favorite at Red Lobster. And he would be in dentures too. A lot of dentures at Red Lobster. Um, But but that said, because yeah, we we had, we served a very specific populace and we got a lot of these senior citizens. They love coming to Red Lobster and getting their, their coleslaw. And it was it soul? Flasol. They love the flasol. I don't know what it was. It was the grossest thing that we served. But he would be there in the trenches, and he also I could tell he cared. And I rarely have had a boss in my life that would sit down with me and go, So tell me what's going on. How can I help you? I mean, it was just very unique. And most of my bosses were more like my one of my worst bosses said, My <laughs> he said. Tricks of the jo- tra- Billy. No, that's <laughs> no, that's no, that's an inside <laughs> joke. Sorry. This guy came and said, "How do I do this?" And the boss just folded his hands behind his head, Man. leaned back, and said, "Tricks of the trade, Billy. I'm not going to tell. Not going to tell you. Not like, tell that's you. like this is how much a guy. He says, "My job, Paul, is to pay you just enough money so you don't quit, what? and your job is just work hard enough so you don't get fired." What? And I'm like, I know. What? Worst? No, You're my boss. You have the most inspiring speech ever. Thank you for that. And you know, eventually he fired me because oh you know, because he was an alcoholic. Was yeah. yeah, well, yeah, he was. He, well, he's alco- I got fired from three jobs. He was alcoholic. Well, you confronted. I've had, and I confronted. Like, You're not allowed to talk to people that way. And you had a meeting, and he kicked all everyone's butts. And he, uh, he, he said, uh, my, "These are my ass kicking boots, or something like that." And I oh kicked all you in the butt. And I, after the meeting, everyone left, and I said, "Just you know, everyone right now is discouraged and hates it being here." And the next day he came in and said, no, Paul, this is like literally the week before our wedding. He goes, you know, Paul, I just think that you're just not a good fit and your numbers are down. They weren't. And because your numbers are down, we just have to let you go. So he fired me. And it was only because I stood up to him, which I learned quickly. You don't stand up to your boss unless you were ready to leave. Well, that's the wrong boss. Yeah, it is the wrong boss. boss. You have the right boss. It should be a collaborative. Yes. Yes. He was the wrong boss. So I guess that's a lesson for our listeners. Yeah. Good boss. <laughs> yeah, care about your people, yeah, invest yeah. in them. Don't see them as numbers. At the end of the day, that's how you're going to be able to grow your business. If you care and then you get employees who care to mutually grow your business. Exactly. Right. right. No, it's 100%. And I feel like, you know, even with, even we hadn't hired people in a long time, but hiring people for LashCon, it was like that. I mean, I really tried to make sure I invested in them and cared about them, listened to them. It was a short run. It wasn't like months. It was like weeks of working together and really only about four or five days. But I think we did much better job engaging on right now it looks like almost all of them are come back next year which is actually awesome. really kind of cool so we should probably go back to the timeline yes. oh yeah we're back so, to the timeline so we're in about to 2016 2017 we got back into motion i think the company was running well we finally had figured out the systems and then we made a real crazy error we basically <laughs> decided to let someone go that wasn't working out. And this is someone that loved her business like two pre- months previous or three months previous. She had written, I think the nicest email I've ever gotten saying, this is the greatest place I ever worked. She just was able to buy a home and thank you because, you know. Everything good she said in her life came life. from working with us. But something, Aww. and we still don't know this day, something went south after that. Somewhere, well, we kind of well, think. I think we know We gave happened. her a review that we wasn't. gave her a review and there was one area that she could have grown on. It wasn't just the skills of the lashing. It's like, 
people skills warm and warm with the team, which is great. Right. Yeah. And so she was, she, felt she was very off that. That. She's like, I'm the best one here. It should have been a glowing review. And I was like, it is a good review, but these are things that you could work you can on. Still grow. Cause we didn't just but hire you to be a good lash artist. You know? We want you to be a good person and we want you to be a good teammate. And mm-hmm. there's other hours that we with- judge or rate. We don't just rate how well you lash. We rate also how well you get along. How much do you contribute to the team? Do you help others? Are you mm-hmm. correct? Do you take correction? Well, well, none of that went over well. She she didn't like that. She didn't like that. And so it affected her performance after that. She just was calling in sick a lot. I think she was looking. Well, she's setting up place. her business. And, and so I, when I realized she was setting up her own business, I kind of called it out. And then we finally had to let her go. And it went really south. And I didn't understand labor law very well. Uh, in fact, again, the new area. <laughs> Honestly, that's one advice I can give any business owner to. Probably the first person you want to hire is somebody who has experience in HR. So yeah. that's like one employee every business owner needs because there's Absolutely. a lot. Especially Explain in California. California. Oh my gosh, it's the worst state when it comes to labor law. They're in New York. New York is right behind us. But there is, I mean, I looked at labor laws like in states. In California, it's pages. You go to the other states, it's one page sheet. Like this is all you need to know to work in Kentucky. It's like, it's really simple. So what got us in trouble was we paid vacation as it was accrued, but as a shortcut for the paycheck, he put it all on the paycheck yeah. all at once. So if there's hours on the paycheck, then you are and entitled, if, to, the employee is entitled to get that. Yeah. Paid. If you're an employee, you'll look at your paycheck and sometimes you'll see where I'll say vacation, pay time off, those type of things. And so you, guys you learned a lot of hard so, lessons. Yeah. So we decided, cause there was a shortcut instead of accruing it where I'd have to add in the hours every month. Go, okay. You work this much. This is how much vacation pay you accrued. So you were manually doing that. Yeah. Or now there's ways to do it automatically, but back where we were, there wasn't a way to do that yet. So I would have to manually do it. Yeah. For our listeners. Now there is companies like, like third party companies, like ADPs. Or Gusto Gusto is huge. Gusto is a great app. Great software. Does I highly recommend it. Love it. But yeah, ADP, a bunch of them. All these companies, (laughs) they do it all for you. But we were using, we were very self-started. So we did everything in-house. It was cheaper. Everybody does that in the beginning. You know, like you have to try to save costs as much anywhere as you, you can. can. You're always trying to cut costs. So I did that. So I would just manually do. But then I got kind of like, no, it, it's just easier. I'll just put eight. I think she had two weeks of paid vacation. So I said, I put 80 hours in there or maybe it was 40. It doesn't matter. I put, I put it in there. So it said 40 hours and then you redeem it over the year. So you'll see some people say, oh, you use eight hours out of 40 or I use 12 out of 40. And so she had used only about 20 some hours but out of the 40. she used those according, you know, you for, know, for sick pay days yeah. and all that, or for not sick days, but for vacation pay that she just redeemed. But I didn't think I owed her the rest because I was accruing in vacation, but yeah. I did it because in the paycheck, it said she was owed 40. So, so she when she got fired, she's still owed, I think 22 hours or something like that. And I was like, I didn't so know. So she out. said, please pay me now the vacation. I said, I don't owe you. You were, I'm, she got laid off in May. I paid you for like 18. That, that adds up. That's about the right amount. You should have been paid. So I don't owe you anything. Well, she thought differently. So she went to a lawyer and the lawyer said, oh yeah. Not only that, by the way, he says, no, you can sue for that. You can sue for a whole lot of stuff. Oh, he, 83%. Back in 2018, when I studied this, or 2017, 83% of all California companies are out of compliance with labor law. 83%. So the question is, did you ever receive a call from work at home? Yeah. Yes, you did. Were you ever reimbursed? Compensated for that. For your, for your, because you can't call people at home. For the hour that you answered the phone, were you paid for the phone? 
So uh, just yeah. all the little nitty gritty. And then, if, and if you yeah. don't get paid for that, then there's a penalty. Uh, and did they have good records for lunch breaks? Nope, no good records for lunch breaks. Did they give you did they have good records for breaks? Nope, we didn't have good records. We didn't have that all in place. Like you need to actually At the have time a way. That she was by the time that she'd left, we had. We did. However, so you... so basically, this person got like seven. Other so people. another lesson for yeah. our listeners. Wow, this is great. Paperwork. You want to track everything, especially in California. You track everyone's hours. You track everyone's every. Everything has to be um, on paper and agreed so to and schedules a, and all give that. give our listeners a deputy? It's an app. Yeah, deputy's And great. it's wonderful. It will actually track their breaks and make and they will confirm that they've taken it or they've declined it. Yeah. So if you have... And that's deputy? What we use. It's called deputy. Deputy. Okay. It's an app. It kind of almost goes hand in hand with Gusto. They're both apps. It will help And you can use it on your computer. Yourself. And deputy just at the end of the shift will say, did you take your two breaks? If they say yes, then they do. If they say no, then as a manager, you'd come in and say, okay, I can't be getting those anymore. I need you to take your breaks because you're required by law. I'm required by law to give them to you. And it's good for you, by the way, to take so breaks every day. So you know, it's on the employer. Even if you put it in the schedule, but the, uh, the employee doesn't go on break. It's it on the employer. Your, it's on the employer to say you need to in leave California. in California. In California. And so, also, yeah. yeah. So, and if you also don't give them a full 30 minute break, it's our penalty. Anytime you miss something, it's our penalty. If they go over by, let's say five hours without a lunch break, it's an hour penalty. So all of a sudden you add that up over seven employees over three years. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. And if you yeah. don't have paperwork, now's our problem. We didn't have good paperwork. We probably, after looking back at it, we probably would, because we got sued and we could have gone back and fought it, but because we didn't have good paperwork, it, it was just their word versus our word. And we were told the court will always side with the employee. If it's just, he said, she said, they're going to go with a side that is more considered the lower position because they're the employee and it's up to the employer to know all these things and take care of business and do things right. And it was our fault. Then they sued us for so a lot. This you know. is another reason why running a business is not for everybody. Yeah, no, it's not because <laughs> no. you don't know. And the things. part that was so painful for me, honestly, is like the things that we did, like we did spa day. Yeah, I, yeah, I hired. It's not, it's not even that. It's just like you breaks your heart knowing that you put all your into them yeah. and then, and then not grateful. And they're taking advantage of little things that we were not aware of and exploiting it against us because they had a lawyer that was like super aggressive and not a nice guy, which lawyers often aren't. <laughs> you want that guy fighting for you, by the way, but our lawyer was actually super nice and didn't want to fight. And she later we found out was not a good lawyer. You, you but another job. tip here. You got to pay top dollars for your lawyers. Don't lawyers pay. And accountants, you yeah. yes. pay top Do Don't take the discount lawyer. discount lawyer because no. you will pay for it. That's it was so costly. It, while she wouldn't cost as much for the fees, it costs us our salon. You're supposed to be protected. You have your private and for corporate like the very basic. The corporate shield supposed to protect you privately. She didn't remove me personally from the. So personally, I was liable for this when it was supposed to be the business, which is basic one-on-one stuff. So make sure that you. Yeah. So again, another amazing lesson. Everybody who wants to run a business, not only a salon, has better be taking notes on these. And honestly, like, we do learn this in business school. At yeah. least, like you're aware. So when you do open your business, you kind of know what to look for. But a lot of people don't know. So no. please make sure you guys are taking notes and don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. You got to be an S-Corp or an LLC, one of those, because that protects you. S-Corp, especially once you make over 
400,000, you should be the S Corp. Yeah, and this you know, is our, you know, advice as from our experience. Exactly. It's Talk not, to a CPA. It's, it's not legal it's advice. Not, Talk to CPA. <laughs> once you're ready advice. to get yes. business going, go get the professionals, but pay good money for that. Yes. Don't find the cheapest guy in the block because that's what we were doing. And like always, so many times it was because we went cheap on something. We tried to find the low cost solution and that ended up being a high cost problem. Yeah, it wasn't worth it to pay no. less. And no. then honestly, since we're all in kind of the now since we made it through all this craziness running our own businesses we're both in uh, the coaching area so i do want to give that so much credit it helps so much to find people who are going to be there to kind of hold your hands through it you think it's going to cost you a lot to pay a coach or a a company or or you know lawyer accountant but in the long run if you don't get that help it does end up costing you so much more it's not even in money in time right yeah um so just like the eight thousand if we had just paid that eight thousand we would we could have saved a hundred and forty thousand yeah yeah and it's kind of like a theme of our life isn't it (laughs) and uh we always like to pay more because we're so generous your kids kids are gonna be set for success yeah they know everything none of them want to be entrepreneurs i'll tell you that they looked at us now the funny thing is that i mean i will close the timeline here is after that lawsuit we got bad advice we settled for an amount that was way more than we could afford but we were told don't worry they'll work it out in the bankruptcy or whatever Bankers, no, but there was, a, they still, there was a court that actually helps you figure out well maybe the settlement's like it was over six digits and they say it's this much oh they'll go to another court and that court will negotiate a deal that makes more sense for you financially wow. that doesn't exist there's no negotiating once you they you settle in court that's you what settled, you owe yeah. so we ended up closing our salon in 2019 we basically knew covid was coming and said no what we don't want to go through covid no that wasn't it we just <laughs> no. went we basically thought well we could pay them the money and we already, we're still paying the IRS. We can pay them. We can't really do that both. Yeah. We didn't have enough profit margins to warrant both. And also they didn't want us to give us a payment plan. They were like, we, we asked, want all we now. Said, Listen, we can pay you. It's going to be it, over the years. It may take five years to pay you. They're like, no. No, we want all now. We want all now. So we couldn't do it. And so we couldn't pay them all now. Closed the salon, so closed the salon. And then we moved into the next chapter. So basically, our it was yeah. almost a blessing in this. It was. It was. Oh, no, because we closed in May and COVID hit in March next year. So we're literally just nine months away from COVID and shutting it all down and, and trying to run a salon, as you know, during COVID. No, that's not an easy thing. Too. Yeah. And for me, again, it wasn't only COVID. I had one tiny baby and I was pregnant yeah. and COVID on top of that. It was too much because I also had the salon as a separate location. Then I had mm. the warehouse and all the classes and all of that as a separate thing. It was just a lot. Too much <laughs> to carry. Yeah, yeah. Too much. So that's when, you know, like that's the hard lesson I learned too, that it's okay to accept the mm-hmm. pivot and close something down or accept maybe a failure, however you want to put I it. I love that. And then yeah. pivot, you know, mm-hmm. repivot whenever you're ready. And actually a month and a half ago, I decided, oh, maybe I'm ready now to get back into services. So we started doing services and i just hired like three lash tags or it's flowing so if you're in a place where you feel like this is just too much it's really not worth your health like it's okay to take a break like that's the lesson i learned yeah i mean i think for us that was hard at first to think like oh we're failing right And, and worst thing we had announced LashCon or had brought some so speakers. 
That was in 2018. We started talking about this idea of we need a business conference because every conference we've been to was all about technique. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, we know (laughs) business is our biggest weakness. We have, Tuss is an amazing artist, but we had messed up our business so many ways. We said we, and we really became students of strategies. The strategies loved us. We were really good at executing what they said. And they offered me to come on and be a coach with them. And so we really loved their system. So we said, let's build a conference that's just for business that helps people with that. Now it's 2018 and we start talking to people in late 2018. And then we basically signed the deal for the, the hotel in 20, 20, January, 2019, thinking we were going to work out this deal with our, with this lawsuit. And that by the time we got to April, we realized that was going to happen. So here's the dilemma. We are closing our salon in May of 2019 and we launched LastCon public in, tw- in June. And you want to talk about feeling like a poser and feeling like you don't belong and like I'm lying somehow. And so many people feel that way, like, you know. How dare you start a business conference when you just close your salon? You failed. It felt horrible. It felt like I'm just a crappy person and I don't belong here and I don't belong. I shouldn't be doing this. But at that point, we're like, well, where else are we going to do? Tess went back doing services alone yeah, by herself, which by the way, do? nice pay raise. It was good. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> lashing is really good money. But yeah. like I said, if, like you said too, if you're an entrepreneur, if that's really like kind of where you want to go, ultimately there's just so much you can do just as a lash artist. You can. You, yeah. you can make, Tess was bringing in 180000 yeah. I think, just by herself. Now that wasn't profit. That was like her total stuff, but you know, her bills were only like 20000 30000 yes, So, a solo artist, so artist she's making about one fifty. I mean, that's exceptional good money for just working 40 hours a week yes. and actually do no marketing. Now, I don't want like that. that to be a discouragement. If you're just starting out and you're thinking, that's not what I'm making. That's because I've been doing it for what, 17 years? Yeah, at that point, you had years? been doing it for 14, 15 years. Yeah. It's easy now, but it wasn't always that no, way. You so t- you have to, you have to develop those skills. You have to develop that rapport and it will come. So. Yeah. And so, and now she doesn't make as much now because she works less. And because <laughs> we've been pivoting. We Once we yeah, made that shift transi- to LashCon, we actually had started LashCast. Crazy enough, we started a podcast in 2017 is when we record our first episode and it aired 2018 in January of 2018. I love it. I love so your story so Literally. much even more than now <laughs> so we knew we had this weird idea i told Tess probably in 2016 2017 i'm like we are going to be a media company i'm sure it's like, like what, what are you talking about what are you talking about i do lashes i make people feel beautiful yes yeah, so no, no 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 we're going to become a media company because the truth is the future is all about social media and about media being content creators wow, it's not about services the services are great that's paying our bills now but if we if we want really bigger have more influence have more impact make more money and really build something that i would like to be part of because i came from a media background right that background no i don't want to do lashes no we'll leave that to be delicious where they're the husband wife team that do lashes they're great so i said we're going to be a media company and i started looking at ideas and we did some tiktok or not tiktok um snapchat stuff videos we we're trying to create a channel and then um, we really stumbled and i said no we should do podcasts i've been listening to podcasts for the last five years learning about business why don't we do a podcast and at that time there only been one gal i forget her name unfortunately Jade. she no it wasn't jade but you know she had done a podcast for like six episodes and um, then she disappeared. It was all on the internet too. It wasn't on the, like an app. Okay. And so 2017, we recorded in October. 
Our editor won't give us a copy of the stupid thing for like two months. I can't get from him because he's incompetent. Finally, by January, we get, we launch it and we post it. And then we start posting regularly at least twice a month. That was it. Two times a month is all we did because I knew we were on a salon. I can't be doing yeah, both. I so, can totally relate. So we're just two a month is more than enough. And we ended up hiring someone eventually help us edit it. But the idea was let's just start doing content, start creating free content that helps people Builds the name, builds the brand. We started speaking at trade shows and try, no conference would hire us. By the way, we wanted to speak at conferences, but no one wants to speak at a conference. It's hard. Initially, it's yeah. hard to get your foot in the door because mm -hmm. if people don't know you, yeah, like, why, who yeah they don't you? care. Yeah. They're like, why should we speak? Who are you? I have a podcast. Now everyone cares. But back then, when we had a podcast, no one cared if we had a podcast. So we just let that kind of begin to grow in 2018 as a kind of a back burner project. Like, we'll just do this, start building the influence. I think we, in our first year, we only got 35,000 listens completely. Now we get 35,000 like in a week or two. That's so awesome. it's like a big, big growth from our first time. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. You mean start slow. You always start slow. And it took a it took years of us doing that. Just so, like your skills as a lash artist. It, mm -hmm. takes, it takes time. Yeah. So 2019 comes, the business closed, but we still have the podcast and we have LashCon. And we said, Well, I think we're gonna and you're making her money working. So she worked that paid for everything because Lashcast didn't pay for anything. And LashCon, yeah. the first two years, I got zero money out of Lashcon. I literally worked for free yeah. for two not years. Not even a McDonald's uh, not salary. Even, no, 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 no. Not even a paperboy salary. No, zero salary. Yeah. Every dollar went into the con. And, and I think some people who don't know business, they don't realize that a lot of times when you're starting a new business or where you're investing in a business, it's normal and it's okay to not be profitable for like up to five years. Actually. Yeah, up to five oh, years no. is kind of normal. So yeah. People, I know people, that people expect are... to make money right away, yeah. but really, actually, maybe it's not five years. Don't miss three. Me on yeah, it. maybe it's a couple years, but it depends on your funding, right? It yeah. just depends on your money. Like if <laughs> you have a if you have a long too. runway, like you got funded somehow. But the problem is if you get a big loan, that that's like a big Again, dead weight on you. You don't want to do that. Like you want to stay away from debt. But if you can. Scrape by a low budget. Let's just say that. And that's what we did. We would hustle because we realized, wait, you can make good money again. And we can keep our budget below that. And so yeah. we kept our budget below that. And we worked on this. And she would, I basically, I was her personal assistant. So during the day, <laughs> she would take her clients. As soon as they were done, I'd come out, check them out, rebook them. And then I I'd go, then I'd go back to working on LashCon and trying to get yeah. ticket sales, trying you know, to get sponsors and all that. You have to do what yeah. it takes. And I think that's the main thing. Like, Business owners need to take their pride out of it and yeah. be like, okay, this is where I'm at. Now I have to do what it takes. Yeah. And honestly, I, I totally relate. We just started back our salon. It took me like longer than I expected to find a good lash artist, but I was doing the lashes when like it's been how many years that I kind of like stopped doing it myself. But I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, I'll even take clients for cheaper on sale. Let's yeah. start to mm -hmm. build Just to build a name up. up. Yeah. yeah. And that's why like, you know, I'm so exhausted today, but at the <laughs> same time, you know, I know I'm going to put in whatever it takes for the long run yeah. game. So mm -hmm. then I can go back to working only once or twice a week or yeah. like a few hours a day and still like have things flowing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we are now. We're in the grind now. I mean, for us, we're, we're almost at that cusp where I feel like we're, we, I haven't had a still i mean i've been doing this for four and a half years now and i had hired staff for the last con <laughs> but during the rest of the year and people were shocked like they emailed me and i would respond back like what paul why are you, you responding i phone? thought you have a team like i have zero team right now all our money is gone into again last con like making the event insanely fun yeah. and insanely good and that's why we got a thousand people this year because we put so much into that yeah that. we got so much so into sad it. I missed it yeah because most people don't do that most like we go 
to conferences all the time. We love them. It's fun. But you can tell this is like, you know, they'll just kind of do the bare minimum because most of them actually have other jobs. I'm lucky that I just worked. So my full-time job could be LashCon. And I was that's very awesome. blessed. So we could really make team. it. Yeah, yeah it is. Team. We were a good team. So that's why in the last few years, we've just been focusing on LashCon webinars, training. Last two years, tussie has been traveling and training and teaching her technique, about awesome. lash retention. And so that's kind of the evolution. And now we're moving more into more media. We want to get more into YouTube and more. We do two podcasts a week now, so have two a month. Wow, so we're doing eight a month. That's awesome. And then we're probably going to be looking at our new program to almost evolve our podcast into a coaching program where it's like, yeah, you can get some stuff publicly. And then we're going to have stuff behind a paid wall that you pay that will get content from that. And And we talked about it, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you don't want to make the same mistakes, work with people who are going to hold your hand that they've truly been through. Yeah. And we've been through it all. And I feel like we've helped so many people. I mean, I have hundreds of emails and DMs and people who said, thank you for your podcast. It's changed my business. I'm now profitable. I've done this. I've done that. And I said, well, we should probably move into our, this next day. should be even doing more of that, giving back. I love that. And, and you probably Tess will eventually do less and less lashes. I mean, we, hopefully. Are you still taking yeah. clients? Yeah. I love it. I, I know. Yeah. It's so I therapeutic, it. It right? It's yeah. like um, I've always done. It's a good break. Yeah. yeah. No, it's. it's yeah. It's, she probably does four soul. days a week. She's doing clients. Love I love it. And then the rest of the time we're either podcast like today we're podcasting all day we recorded before you and then we're gonna go home and record more so and next year we're adding more like youtube and other elements to it it. so but you know it takes time it's i always have another saying it always costs more always takes longer and always cost more. Always cost more. Always takes longer. Yes. So uh, you know, everyone has these plans. Like, oh, in three months, I will do it this. And yeah, it's like well, houses and construction. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Longer. My dad built two of his own homes. My dad was amazing. <laughs> and those projects took double the time yeah. they took. At and least 30% more. I think that's, yeah. that's the number. Whatever they estimate, it's yeah. always 30%, 30% more. more. Yeah, yeah. it always had more time. So for us now, I mean, it took us, we didn't expect LashCon to take three years for me to get paid, but it did. But at the same time, we also... But now it, you have it set up. Yeah. So you can keep bringing in revenue. You yeah, know? and now this last year, I finally got paid what I think is a good salary. But it yeah. took me three, yeah, took the first three years of sacrifice. Yeah. Breaking even and passing to the green and profits, that's a huge it's accomplishment huge. Yeah. so you yeah. guys should really go on a vacation and yeah 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 well we are yeah we're real estate. we're going to the good news is like this last year was our first year where i felt like we really turned a corner like okay we figured some things out we got some good systems in place for our business and we did we, we took more time off this year than we've ever taken oh, easily right. easily yeah. and we've there have been years where we went three years at one point without any vacation. Like we just worked all the time. Wow. So it's and been a nice season nice of change. change. Work hard. Like I, the two months before LashCon, not one day off. I worked seven days a week for like 60 wow. days where it was. Isn't that crazy? How yeah. People kind of don't see all of that behind the closed doors. They just see yeah. the success that comes in front of yeah. them. <laughs> and then this month, I'll, you know, I think um, this month we'll be taking like 15, 20 days off. So, I mean, it's like, this is catch up time. Like, okay, I worked yes, my ass off. Yes. Now that we're through that and we're still working on LashCon, but we're going to take of a little course, time and, and because it, otherwise normal. it's not worth it. And I think that's kind of what some people don't realize too, like as entrepreneurs, even though sometimes we seem like we're taking it super easy, yeah. the reality of it is oh, we've no. worked so hard probably at some point where we need to take it yeah. easy. Otherwise you die. Otherwise <laughs> you die. And, and, and I think there is guilt though. I will say there, there is, is there guilt. Is. Like we're going to go and take a, between Christmas and New Year's, we're taking like 10 days off. And I actually, <laughs> like, uh, I feel there's a little bit like 
do I deserve that? (laughs) Is that right for me? And then I go, no, Paul, you worked 60 straight days for crying out loud. You didn't take any time off. I'm like, I know, but man, it's a lot of time. So we're actually really careful about how we post ourselves online. We don't like to lord Mm -hmm. any success that we have because I feel like it's discouraging. Now, I know some people think it's aspirational and I think, yes, it is in some ways. It's such a fine line. But it's a fine line because if you too much, it's like, hey guys, we're going on trips to here. We're going there. Look at our nice dinners. Look at our nice cars or what? We don't have a nice car. Uh, But I said, um, it's a nice car, but it's a very old nice car. But that said, I I think there's a lot so much so genuine like i can already feel like how real you guys are honestly because and i do want to point that out a lot of people online i know personally a lot of people that online they seem like they're millionaires and they're doing so great but then you really know them and you're like why is this all a show so seriously we we just did a podcast which we can because i think we went too far but we basically said i don't believe well there's this idea in our industry and i don't want to be discouraged but this is the reality doing lashes as a solo artist you're never you're not gonna become a millionaire in a year or two it's gonna take you 20 30 years of saving and investing and planning which is by the way most um, millionaires um, 20 30 years maybe not maybe, that long. yeah no no but, <laughs> but mo- yeah, most millions the average millionaire it takes 30 about 30 years to become a millionaire because if you make sixty thousand dollars a year which is kind of at 40 to like 80,000 is the average range of what most last artists make is mathematically impossible to take 60,000 60, you know, and put for half of that 40,000 in the bank every year. They're not going to do that. They, no one that lives on 20, $30,000 a year, unless no, they live with their mom or dad. Here, yeah. yeah. Especially LA. So if you're putting five, $10,000 a year, if you sit down and you start getting like your returns, so like 10% returns, $500 a month, a month into savings over a, you know, 30, several, 20 to 30 years, decades. You will then look at your bank account if you're investing it too. It can't be just savings. That's be investing. You'll look at your bank account and you'll have $1.2 million in your bank account because you were diligent. And as you get older too and you make more money, you can put bigger lump sums in. But that's the true millionaire. The the allure is that, oh, you look on Instagram and these people have become millionaires in a year, two years. That's what they'd like you to think. I almost think in our lash industry, this is something, I believe there's less than a handful of millionaires in the lash industry. Just because your business makes a million dollars doesn't doesn't make you a millionaire. that's the thing. You see these people go, oh, I made seven. No, if this year our business combined will make over seven, will be over a million dollars. However, but we're not millionaires. The bills, I mean, LashCon alone is was like, like seven hundred thousand. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, so. So you bring in that much, but what are, what are your expenses? Yeah. yeah. So honestly, that's what all the business side goes into it. So a lot of people do that. So again, well, my advice to that is like. Since we're talking about social media, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Enjoy it. Use it as a social platform, but don't use it as your basis to really like the measure, measure yeah. yourself. Don't yeah. compare yourself. Don't don't I would say don't even trust it fully. You know, it's completely bravo. <laughs> yes. With a grain of salt, but really like get to know the people you're gonna trust, especially people that are gonna coach you. I can't say that enough. Make sure they're not just talking because they might have listened to a podcast or read one book. Yeah. Make sure they've been through it. Yeah. Like that's my best best advice when it you're picking a coach to help you because again I know a lot of people on media it seems like they might be a great person to look up to but they're really not make sure you do your research make sure you know who you're working with ask for this is one thing like somebody told me a long time ago when I was looking for a financial advisor and they said well ask your financial advisor for their books like mm. how are they doing personally yeah. if they're not doing so great what gives them the right to advise, yeah, advise you right? so it's kind of like the same thing and if 
anybody that's truly like has me like is successful and stuff, you should really ask for proof if you feel like you might not trust them. Yeah, no, I think so. Coach is the same way. If you hire a business coach and they've never like hired. Yeah, that's the thing. I see a lot of coaching going on in business and they're like single practitioners teaching people how to build salons. I'm like, you never built a salon. No offense. You might be a wonderful sweetheart who loves people and wants to give the best, but you've never hired anyone yourself. It's kind of like teaching people to swim from the book. I mean, you don't know how to swim in the actual water. You know, you can tell them all about the book, but it's different when you actually get in the water. And you'll necessarily be the best business owner to teach though. I will say that because I know like in sports, often the best coaches aren't the best players. In fact, a lot of times the best players are just very average coaches or bad coaches. It's a different skill. It's a different skill to be able to teach. So you can be like, well, you know, business wasn't so good, but I can teach business because I studied it, I learned it, yeah. and I've seen results from my students and all that. So I can see yes, that. There is- yes, I totally agree, honestly. And again, teaching and having the art of something, I totally think it's a two separate things. Yeah. You know, sometimes even just a lash artist can be an amazing yeah. lash artist, but doesn't mean you're going to be an amazing teacher. You can be an right? average lash artist and be an amazing teacher, right? Yes. I think that's possible. I don't think I you think have to so. be the yeah, best I lash agree. artist on the planet to be a teacher. No, I think, so. I think as long as you know how to communicate and you're teaching principles that yeah. are Patience, right and all you know, that yeah you have patience you know what you're looking for honestly i've had some good educators actually that they've been able to be good educators but they might not be as perfect as the service providers themselves yeah. but they know exactly what they're looking for although they can't do it but they know when to recognize that if somebody else is doing it too exactly so i think that's the comparison to like the sports coach you guys yeah. were talking about as well so Absolutely. I, I definitely agree on yeah, that hopefully that's encouraging some people yeah. right now who may be like oh i can't be a trainer because well i'm not the best that's okay. It's okay. That's it's okay. A it's a different skill set. You might be a natural teacher. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a skill. skill or more likely, you're going to have to learn how to teach. Yes. Just like you're going to learn how to be a salon owner, yes. learn how to be a lash artist, you're now also going to have to learn how to teach because that's not an innate skill. You might have natural abilities, but I would encourage you, if you want to be a teacher, to start studying about teaching. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's different. Yeah, yeah they're everything all different. Everything is a skill. And I personally believe like everybody can be whatever they want to be. So totally. but you just have to work on it. You know, nothing comes natural. Some no. people think being an entrepreneur, being a leader, or being whatever—it just comes naturally. No, no Some such people, thing. No such thing. Some no, people may it may be easier for them. They might have been through whatever throughout their life that is seems like it's more natural to them, but it's because how what their life has shaped them to be that thing or that person. So if you if people are listening and they do want it, don't feel discouraged. Just know that you're going to need to put in the work to become that thing that you really want. Yeah, right? I mean, like I, we, I love Alona came on from uh, Revelation came onto our podcast. And I don't think people realize how much sacrifice she did to get where she was. Everyone just sees now and go, oh, look at her. She's got this beautiful lifestyle. Got the designer shoes. Got the nice clothes. Has this beautiful brand. And lives in a beautiful part (laughs) of of Laguna Beach area. And you go, wow, she just got, was given to her. Like, no, she came on our podcast and shared like, I lived in a one, like a studio apartment with her boyfriend and she made him um, walk, they, dogs. walk dogs to make <laughs> extra money. And I think they got rid of their cars. They literally ate ramen for like a year wow. and they saved every dime they had. Like it, they saved like 90,000, I think, or something like that. And then they took that money and invested into their brand. They bought the, they paid a company to create the brand, to create the images, to do everything. 
and then they launched their company and it's because they sacrificed so much. So it's really easy sometimes to look at someone and go, oh, it was easy for you. Silver spoon. Yeah. And maybe there are some like that, but most of us, we just got to hustle and adapt and pivot. Yeah, I think there is a statistic. Most made, like, because millionaires or billionaires are self-made. So. Absolutely. Yeah, they're not. It's, they don't it inherit the right it. Yeah. Person. Yeah. Which is why I think most last starters, while I hope most of them can have wonderful, successful, wonderful careers, aren't going to make become that millionaire in five years, which I sometimes see our industry pushing. Like, take my training and you'll be a millionaire or take my millionaire mindset. And I'm like, yeah, let's be realistic. Not, not, come on. Realistic. It's... You can become a millionaire, but realize it's going to take time and energy, or you're going to have to completely change your game and bring more revenue. So doing lashes and just working like you, if, let's just make $150,000 your salary. That's going to take a while to become a millionaire because the $150,000- Because you have expenses. Bills yeah. and all that. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. put all that in the yeah. bank. Or just like becoming a master at something. It takes a minimum of 10,000 hours. Yeah. 10,000 hours to become great at something. So after two years, I mean, if you're not working full time, it's still going to take a while. You yeah. Know? Especially working part time. So everything just- And I think we have this Instagram, Instagram gratification world. And I think everything just- Slow down, guys. So many of our yeah. listeners are 20, 30 something. Yeah. Guys, you got, you got 30, a lot 40 of time. years of life, you got a lot of career, time. to work. Hopefully you can build yeah, it and balance re- it. Balance it yeah. with your personal life. Yeah, so you can be with your kids. So you can Enjoy go out on weekends. Children. They're only little once. Yeah. You, know, you have the rest of your life to conquer the world. You know, you two, you got a 10 yeah. month old. I yeah. do. I yeah. do. And I have to remind that myself too. Actually, building the salon back up too, I look at that as a separate business, honestly, because I'm yeah. fully like rebuilding it and I don't want to be personally managing or doing the things but in the meantime temporary in our last team meeting I was like okay well you know what like again to save money because it's a brand new thing I'm launching now again I'm gonna do X amount of hours to be like the salon manager and then as I was driving home that day I got off I think 5pm my son the latest we can pick him up from his daycare is 6pm and I was gonna pick him up that day as I was driving I started feeling like antsy and like I couldn't wait and I just potty trained him so I couldn't wait to go see the first day like how did he do in school and then I hit me I was like you know what this is not worth it like and I had already committed to staying in for the lash hour some days until 8 p.m and some days until 6 p.m and Saturdays here too and I'm okay like I I don't mind working I love what I do like I don't mind putting the work but when it came to sacrificing my Mm. personal time with the kids or family and it hit me I was like no 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 no. this is not worth it right now maybe down the line when they're older and they're not gonna want to spend as much time with me I'll do that then but it's okay for now for me to find a different way and I was like okay what are my two options don't start the salon back up now Uh, I kind of don't want to do that because I just hired the girls and what was my other option well suck it up with financially and hire a lash manager like early on don't wait like Mm -hmm. it'll cost me out of pocket with money maybe a little bit more but at least in a little bit longer I'm not sacrificing my time for my kids and that was more important to me so that was my plan if that helps anybody no that's a great idea I really want to validate what you said as a mom because I know a lot of us and this is kind of a mantra that I and like And it's to hard, say. right? You know, we feel pulled. You have a lot of ambition. You have a lot of ability. Yeah. Uh, you're competent in what you do. And you know that if you put your mind to it, you can do it. However, I just want to remind people that there are seasons. And this is me being older, uh, several steps down the, the road. You know, my kids are older. Wiser. Yeah. I just well, want to say... 
that do not, you're still going to feel young when your kids are grown, right? But, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah, you will. I promise you, you can't imagine it now, but okay. you're going to feel exactly the same way when you're my age. And the investment of your children is never wasted because they're the only ones that call you mama. And, and it's worth okay, it. Okay, guys, let's go home. Yeah. Like, no. If you think about at the end of your life what you want it to be like, you are not going to be, oh, I wish I'd spent more time in my lash salon. It's not going to matter. You're going to say, I want my children around me. You're not going to be like, oh, please bring me my Louis Vuitton purse and put it around as I die. No, it's like. I love that. Honestly, like I said, I genuinely mm. love you guys for being so real and so honest with the reality of things and what really is important to like value wise in life not mm. only in just yeah. materialistic and success like money yeah wise, I guess. you invest in your family and if you're feeling like that uh, conviction that you, you need to be there when they're little because what you're doing now by opening these files in their brains every single day you're the only one that has that special influence mm -hmm. so yeah. put the other stuff off it's going to be there Yes. It's going to be there when you come Yes, back. you're right. And honestly, I, I was scared of that initially when I decided to close the salon because, again, COVID, yeah. pregnant, and a tiny baby. Yes, so but much. But look, now yeah. I want to get back into it. It's here. It's available. It's, it's working. It's not like you lost any uh, steam. Yes. So no. thank you for And you're wiser for it too now, too, right? Because, you know, you've done it once. You know you can do it again. Yes. Definitely. So I think it's... And do it better. Second and do it better. You do it better. You're much smarter about it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we decide we're not to. We keep thinking, should we do it again? Should we do it again? Because I know we would do it so differently. But. I know. That was my dilemma, too. But I decided, decided I am. Yeah. This was a, from a long time ago. I've been wanting to do it and then franchise it, actually. Oh, there you go. See, so, because you have a game yeah. plan. And that's the yeah. same with us. We went and looked at our longer plans. And went, we and don't want to be tied down to a location. We actually joked. We were meeting with our financial planner. And like, so what do you guys want to be? I'm like, we want to be nomads. Yeah. That's we, so funny. Yeah. I have a website that I purchased. I'll sell it to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's called nomading life at one point I ah, really? so i still have a nomading life yeah so no we, we were like we because we know our kids are getting older now they're gonna move probably to parts of the country like we want to be able to go where they are but not yeah, live I there so like if have the flexibility yeah and that's why we pivoted and we knew this even five years ago i want my be a media company i want it all online because i want to be able to make money through media means online mm -hmm. as well as the event and the event by the way i can be anywhere in the country and produce the event Planet, i don't and then you just have to be there only those days yeah the only thing that we needed is her last business that's the only thing that was holding us it. back to fund it or we use it to fund it but at one point we realized that chapter will probably yeah. close yeah, and it's probably temporary you know yeah. that's why i think it's so important for like you guys said people to look at the long game you plan. have to yeah because yeah. if you're always thinking about next year then you're not gonna make smart decisions that are gonna help you get where you want to be in five years like now for your family you, you'll <laughs> pivot like we did not plan to close our salon but we did have plans to do something after the salon already. We already had started the podcast, had already got LashCon in mind. All we were thinking, we need to start doing more media and stuff like that. So that was just beginning to grow. And then when we closed the salon, that just kind of really pushed harder and made it grow faster. And that's because we had a longer term idea of what we wanted to do. It wasn't set. I love that. But we knew that was what we wanted. And even more now, we're like, okay, we're 100%. We are ideas. Like, we want to live in Hawaii for a few months. And then we want to <laughs> be it. with one child and their grandchildren. I love and then we live with the, near our other child. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, where we'll just be nomads. We'll just be bouncing around where our children live. I love yeah, that. and that's not that for us. That's the kind of business we have to build. So you can't build a brick and mortar, which is why we decided now we're not going to go yeah, to the slot. That makes sense. I love that. And I think the lesson from this too is it's okay, like we said, to pivot. Yeah, okay and it's to okay to say goodbye to certain things Absolutely. and move on. <laughs> and and, and yeah. everything happens for a reason. See, maybe that's the push you guys needed to be like, okay, salon's not our thing. We yeah. have something better. Or it was a silver line. There's always a silver yeah. line. In any tragedy or disappointment, and you yeah. think it's the worst thing that happened for us when we closed the slide. Literally, I thought this is the worst day of my life, the ugliest <laughs> crying I, that we've it, ever had. And our yeah. and but the weirdest thing, the day after the we drove, we did, we, we tested some clients, and I was like selling stuff, closing things, doing helping our staff to transition to be their own employers because they are the staff. Because we said you guys are all basically all the clients, and you can yeah, start your own business. So I was, I was helping like eight, nine people, no, no, twelve people start their own businesses. Wow. So I was really working hard on, but that said, I remember driving home the next day and we smiled. We were, <laughs> like a lot of pressure all the pressure was gone. Now yeah. we had to do other new pressures building because we had to like find a way to pay bills and do stuff. But the weight of the salon was off our back. It's like being a compressed sponge and then all of a sudden not having that weight on you. Yeah. yeah so you knew it was the right thing. It was the, we said, you know, this doesn't feel bad. I mean, well, it's. There's it hurts. a sense of failure yeah, and a sense of feeling bad about it. But at the same time, I was like, wow, all that pressure is gone. It was it was actually the weirdest surprise no, uh, to, to wow. close the chapter in our life, a really a failure, and then to feel peace. Yeah, yeah, no, that was the best thing for me personally because I, I recognized that my worth wasn't in didn't lie in the success of the business. It was who I am with my family and with, with my God. And, and that, that. Yeah. that was that our faith, our faith has really kept us going. Yeah. So to me, it was like an extra boost that boost that the world can fall around apart me, but it is still well with my soul. I so. love yeah. that. I love that yeah. you found yourself and your peace, no matter what was yeah. going on yeah. in the external. Yeah. We were ready. I thought, oh, these next months are going to be the worst days of our life. I'm going to cry every day. <laughs> and after that initial cry, that first loss, we didn't cry after no, that. It was more like, okay, peace. this is peace. Okay, good. We can get out of this. We can get out of that. We can fix this. We can start dreaming about other stuff. And the podcast really began to take off for us because at that point, that became our thing. Like Dang, We can yeah, really wow. grow our influence and become fun. And we haven't looked back. I mean, it's been it's well, been a congratulations shock. Congratulations yeah. on such an exciting path. Yeah. Um, but I think we're good on time. I yes. love the whole full circle. I can't wait to see what else you guys do and what you accomplish. Oh, thank you. Hopefully, yeah, like I'll, in like a couple of years, I can see you guys in different places. I'm like, yeah. can I go? <laughs> I so appreciate the invitation to share our story. And I hope that it has been helpful for your listeners. So helpful. So inspiring. So real. Honestly, one of the best guests I've had had for this podcast to share so many lessons in business that people sometimes don't talk about or yeah. rarely talk about yeah. and you know truly like getting into it with zero experience and fully learning everything in full circle now t like coaching and helping other people with your programs and your things yeah so thank you so much I oh, thank you last word a piece of advice that you yeah. guys can give our uh, words of encouragement you guys can give our listeners and we'll close with that words of encouragement gosh there's a billion different First things thing that comes to your mind don't I, yeah, would say, you I would say focus focus on your family don't sacrifice their needs for maybe what would be a short-term game wow look at long term i love it okay. and, and i really think patience <laughs> two two things. I'm gonna give it two because they, they both kind of couple each other really Fine, well. You can say two. Yeah, <laughs> patience is your best friend because if you realize that everything's gonna take time, 
then you're not going to panic. You're not going to, you know, if things don't work out, you're like, that's okay. I knew it wasn't always, everything was going to work out. I have patience. I can work through this. I can withstand the test. I'm strong. I know that things take longer than they usually plan. And I'm, I'm okay. I'm as long as every day you're making that step forward, you're moving towards yeah, your goal, right? Go for that. Honestly, yeah. it's like, be happy with where you are. Enjoy the process and work on getting more or progressing. But at just enjoy the process yeah. literally just literally one yeah. day and step at a time and so that patience is so important because if you don't have patience then you're going to be hard on yourself you're going to get disappointed you're going to be depressed you're going to beat yourself up oh that didn't happen when i wanted or that didn't do this or that and, and you're just your worst enemy you become your own critic and, and you, so learning to have that patience is really important and the second one is like the counterpart act fast <laughs> like man when you have an idea and you have a chance to try something test it don't no, it doesn't plan it doesn't forever. Perfect. You don't have to wait until it's perfect. No, Just don't do it. We've so often in our life when we've made big moves, it's not because we plan for 10 years to make that move. When we send the podcast, we're like, let's do the podcast. All right. Next month we record it. Like it wasn't like, it's not well, we got to get ready. There's lots of ums and we look oh, it's back horrible. and there's, it's so it's embarrassing, <laughs> but you just do it. You just do it. LashCon, same thing. We were like, you know what? We should do a conference. So what did I do? I right away called a hotel and booked it. I didn't have anything it. in place. I had no wow. speakers. I had no money. I had nothing. I just signed a contract and borrowed. That's right. I borrowed money from oh. um, some of our, our kids. Because at that point, <laughs> no, no. Because our salon had collapsed. We were in the middle of all this salon crazy. So we didn't need extra money from the salon. I was paying the lawyers. I was paying I all this stuff. So I literally went to our two kids. I said, look, <laughs> you know this is embarrassing. I yeah. know, look, I know. Well, they were both working. So I just said, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I need money. You know, all our money is tied up in this lawsuit right now. So can I borrow money for a deposit for the hotel? And they both said, and I wow. said, I will, I think I, did I double it? I might've doubled it or gave them like 50%. Wow, no, that's a good loan. It was, loan. it was a good loan. It was a one year loan. It was like, I'll pay you as soon as last con happens, I'll pay you. And it wasn't double. This thing was like a 30, 40% interest rate, whatever it was. So yeah, they gave me the money. I went to the hotel. Paid the you know, deposit. Honestly, I admire that too because it takes a lot for a parent to oh, even yeah. ask help from a from from a child or like just know that you believe in yourself enough or you're like okay just yeah there's no me. way that we can default on this yeah. there's no we way we can't default no. so that's the thing we acted and and you know what you learn in the moment say action brings clarity so as you do things that are out of your comfort zone you begin to find out oh that doesn't work oh that does work oh that did work you know you learn the problem with so many people and i see this in our industry in any business people plan 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 and they never do anything i talked to a coaching company recently and said how many of your students succeed really in act and do what you said so 15% yeah 15% the other 15% kind of well, dabble colleges and universities that's the graduation rate you guys know that right yeah oh so, so many that. people don't act they just plan okay. and hope and this dream is the hardest thing for me I just don't say this it's like I learned this from him yeah he would say okay we're gonna go paint the house now you have 15 minutes to pick the paint and I'd be like what oh no God, she wanted like, years to pick you know, the paint but he's like Tess if you don't like it we can change it yeah 
Honestly, that's great advice. And I did actually personally learn that lesson along the way of me wanting to become like a leader. Yeah. Um, that was the thing it was, is I think it's it's actually a practice. It's an exercise. So yeah. An exercise people can do is just force yourself to make decisions within 30 seconds. Yeah. Yes. So if somebody tells you, okay, what do you want to eat? Make sure you just say quickly, like whatever, yeah. it, whatever is. it is. Don't, yeah. Don't overthink it. And well, I that's think good. Yeah, and that's an exercise that everybody can work on to become better decision makers. And I think that's a very huge skill for people who want to be leaders and entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to, to master because you are going to have many fires you need to fight and if you can't make a split quick decision and just run with it and be okay and go with, with it, it yeah. it's you're going to you're, you're going to stand you're not going to go anywhere I mean it happens all the time I, I learned this basically working in film and making these little films I did short films I made is that you're hit up every second. Someone, like, what do you want to do with this? What color? What do you want of this? What of this? I every know, second yeah. is like, you can't not be like, I need 10 hours to think about yes. that. You just got to do it. You just got to go black. Yes. No, take that hat off. That, let's rewrite that script. That's page one. Let's go back and go back to the original. You just make a decision exactly. and you go and with it. It's an exercise. It is. Some people think, well, I'm not a good decision maker. I'm not this. But it really, everything is a habit. It's practice. It's, practice. it's, it's just really building that skill. It's a skill to yeah. make fast decisions. So, those of you that think, oh, I'm not a good decision maker. I may not be a good leader or this or that. False. Yeah. <laughs> you can be. Just practice. You can learn. It's you like anything. Practice. You're going to learn to hire. You got to learn by practice. You want to learn how to run a business. You got to become a leader. All this stuff. Same thing here. If you yeah. want to learn to make decisions, you got to practice, right? Yeah. You just got And like I said, clarity, or action brings clarity. As you make bad decisions, you you'll realize, up oh, that wasn't That's the right sad. one. I'm not going to do that one again. And I'm not going to hire that way again. I'm not going to run my business that way. And we're not going to do this or that. So yeah, you learn through the action. And that's why patience is great because it tells you on one side, it takes time, just work it, mm -hmm. move forward. And then action. And don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, but action, just make, make sure though every day you're taking action and not delaying and planning for the rest of your life because you'll never get anywhere. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, hey, that's that. that's totally my two agree. bits. The two polar opposites there, but hopefully that now. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Thanks. I could talk to you guys forever, as yeah. we can see. I love like-minded, hardworking individuals. So again, thank you so, so much for your time, for coming out, for speaking, sharing your story. So much advice, so much knowledge. I don't think you guys even realize how much you contributed, even with all mm. the little mistakes you guys overcame for our <laughs> listeners. Because these are things now, it's like, oh, you know, I know these because we've been through it. But yeah. a lot of people that haven't and are thinking about it, it's gold to them. So thank yeah. you so much for sharing yeah. all that and your time. And Thanks for inviting us to be here oh, it's awesome. so cool and i can't wait to connect again down yeah. the line yes so absolutely thank you, thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs> guess what guys that's it we are done we are out of here thank you so much for tuning in i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lashcast and at the last conference and remember to subscribe share and review on behalf of my last pineapple Tusney, as well as our interviewer, Yegi, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 